of you from Australia. Welcome to this latest edition of Around the Rings Radio. I'm Ed Hula. While being one of the more remote nations in the world, geography has not kept Australia from becoming an influential player in the world, and that includes the Olympics. Last month, the Australian Olympic Committee was among the early voices advising the International Olympic Committee that it might not send a team to Tokyo for the Olympics due to coronavirus concerns. Days later, the postponement of the 2020 Olympics, now officially in 2021, was confirmed by the IOC. Matt Carroll, CEO of the Australian Olympic Committee, is our guest on this edition. He was involved in shaping that AOC decision regarding Tokyo, saying that uh, games in four months was not possible for the Australian team. Thanks for speaking to us today from Sydney, actually uh, beautiful Mossman, Australia, this, uh, this day. Matt Carroll, thank you for joining us. Good morning, Ed. Uh, pleasure. First of all, your reaction to the new dates for the 2020 Olympics. Uh, how strong was the influence of the AOC and, and other groups uh, in, 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 in the IOC decision? Look, I don't, uh, I don't know if it's any strong influence uh, whatsoever, but we certainly welcome the IOC's decision uh, as we welcomed their previous decisions um, on setting the dates. That gives everyone um, the... the um, need of, of knowing when the games are going to be, uh, which obviously is very important for, for the athletes. That's, uh, you know, so they've got, uh, they can set their sights on, uh, on the games in, uh, on the 23rd of uh, July in 2021. Um, and that, that gives them that, uh, that additional strength uh, that they've been looking for. So, no, look, we, we certainly welcome it. But uh, as, as to influence, look, our, our decision um, made back um, not so long ago, back in, back in March, um, I think uh, I'll get my date right in a sec. About the um, the twenty twenty third of twenty third of March, um, it wasn't um, in any sort of way of saying we didn't want to go to the games or anything like that. Nature. What happened was that it became impossible for our athletes uh, to train, um, and the sort of it's a bit like this whole virus. Everything sort of moved very quickly. So, you know, the eighteenth of March, uh, Ian Chesterman, our chef de mission joined uh, myself and on the global teleconference hosted by the president of the IOC, Thomas Park. And uh, we're you know, quite well done. They set out the principles uh, established by the IOC executive to uh, apply to their decision-making. And next day we have a, pr- a press conference and uh, Ian and I welcome that decision because it provided um, uh, certainty uh, for us about <coughs> how the IOC was going about um, uh, making its decisions was what we needed to uh, be able to advise <coughs> me, our athletes um, and our sports. Um, but then there was sort of the 18th of March on Friday, the 20th of March, and over the weekend, the Australian government and a number of our state governments announced new or heightened measures uh, to combat the spread of virus, and that included uh, uh, severely restricting international and domestic travel, um, quarantine requirements at national and state borders, so our athletes couldn't even go from New South Wales to Queensland without having to have a 14-day uh, period. Um, so that sort of happened over over that weekend. And importantly, uh, in a, for Australia, as the Prime Minister announced that these measures would probably be in place for six months and in response to a direct question about um, uh, athletes going to Olympic Games, he said there would be no exemptions. Um, so that information, um, the uh, and the early morning then of the 23rd of March, where, as you remember, we're 
in the morning when these decisions decisions are made, um, the IOC executive board will announce the um, the scenarios they're looking at to the start date of the 2020 games. And again, we we welcome that decision from from President Bark and the uh, executive board. Um, but what we were faced with uh, when we convened when John Coates convened a uh, an AOC um, executive meeting that these new measures, um, the correspondence. Um, and you know, our direct feedback from our athletes, which we got over the weekend, about their inability to to train and prepare, looking at the travel plans, the fact that flights, international flights, could be closed for at least six months, um, we just could not assemble a team, um, and so we had to make the decision there and then. Yeah, the 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 the, the cut off of flights to go compete in other parts of the world was a, uh, an interesting part of this challenge that you faced as well. The movements around Australia uh, have clearly made it impossible for athletes to get, get ready for the games at this point. Well, they, yeah, you're right. And even like today's news, um, I haven't quite read the article yet, but Western Australia has simply closed borders. It's not a quarantine period of 14 days now. It's just closed. So we're not talking about, you know, and it's obviously Australia, Australians aren't allowed to travel at all now overseas. Um, and many airlines have ceased flying off for obvious reasons. Uh, but now individual states are just closing their borders and uh, not permitting um, uh, people to, to cross those borders. Uh, so it's, it's quite serious, as it is in, around the world, and uh, we respect the decisions of the government uh, to protect Australians, which include our athletes. Um, so that, that, that certainty, though, that with the IOC announcing those dates, and that was fantastic they were able to do it um, within a few days um, instead of the three weeks they thought they would take, it was was, was welcome uh, by by us, by our athletes and our sports. Uh, you mentioned John Coates, president of the Australian Olympic Committee, but he also has a very important role in the uh, Tokyo Olympics. He's chairman of the IOC Coordination Commission. He is a member of the International Olympic Committee as well. What role did, did he play in this, or not? Yeah, no, no. John, John's the president of the uh, Australian Olympic Committee, so obviously he chairs our executive, and uh, he, he was one of the obviously when we, we met as an executive on that on that uh, on that morning. Uh, but I spoke to John over that weekend and advised him of uh, the, the travel requirements and, and the restrictions. Um, having spoken to a number of our sports, I mean, the inter- how fast is sort of on the Saturday of that Saturday? I was talking with the uh, CEO of Athletics Australia, we're trying to work out a way to hold the Australian selection uh, comp- you know, uh, meet uh, to get the our, our track and field team together. That was on the Saturday. By the time we got to just next day, that was all gone. It just couldn't be done anymore. I conveyed that to John, um, and uh, then next, that morning when we got the decision, further advice from the IOC, um, we had, had the meeting that morning. Um, the main thing, you know, the pushing all this was the athletes. Um, and that that was our main concern, and they needed to go home to their um, their families and, and be with them during this, this this particular period. And obviously, then we just had to look at it was logistically impossible. And to say to someone we were going to send a team to the games in July of this year was not going to be the truth. And that would be would have been wrong not to tell the truth to the uh, to the athletes. What does a change in dates mean uh, for you as a a sports manager, a sports administrator? It's a unprecedented situation that nobody really has any experience uh, in, in coping with and dealing with. But uh, what are the, 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 the challenges that you have to look forward to as a result of a, a, a year postponement in the Games? 
Well, you're certainly right. There's no file there for P for postponement of an Olympic game. So um, we're working our way through. Most important thing is that certainty. So now we, you know, we can get that. The IOC's decision is great because it gives the athletes that certainty. So they're working towards a date. We rejig our planning to work towards that, that date. We were about 90% you know, complete for this year and ready to roll. So we just postponed that, you know, parts of that in, into next year. We've already sat down with our sports and working with them on their rejig preparation programs <laughs> as the um, uh, qualification uh, rules come out and qualification events uh, start to come out. We'll, we'll factor those into the planning with, with our sports. Um, I guess the other things, obviously, is it's quite serious. A um, number of our sports are suffering financial problems uh, because of the um, the effect of uh, the COVID-19 pandemic on business. Um, they're, not, they're equally as affected where their seasons have been disrupted. Um, you know, people obviously aren't paying membership fees. Um, they haven't had any championships to raise dollars through the through the gate or through sponsorship. So a number of our sports are, are, are severe financial trouble. Um, but the government has uh, various uh, packages here, and in, also for athletes who might have had part-time jobs, a lot of those have gone. Um, so we're uh, already uh, we have a thing called metal incentive funding. We give uh, athletes direct uh, grants based on their results. So we've rolled those over for another year. So we've already. Um, uh, provide them to athletes uh, for the 2020 year based on their not 2019 results and we'll do that for 2021 as well uh, just to ensure that they have financial support and I guess the most important thing is our partners um, and we've uh, already um, spoken uh, to them and I had a meeting yesterday, teleconference yesterday with all our partners we've rolled their contracts into 2021 uh, so that they can exercise their rights next year, but obviously no no additional investment. So sort of what we're doing is moving cost in the next year uh, and some revenue goes in next year, so we're sort of balancing ourselves out over the 2021, 20, uh, 2020 and 2021 financial years. So we're in good shape and uh, we'll work hard with our sports to ensure the athletes get every opportunity to be successful at the Tokyo 2020 Games in 2021. In 2021, yeah, the, 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 name, the name won't change, but... Uh... Interesting to see how we deal with that in, in 2021. We're talking with Matt Carroll. He's CEO of the Australian Olympic Committee on this edition of Around the Rings Radio. Uh, any impact on team selection? Athletes have already been chosen for uh, Australia to compete in, in Tokyo 2020. Is it uh, possible that some of them may not be in the in the same situation come 2021? Um any athletes who would be there in 2020 and not 2021? Well, we, again, you know, the, the very clear decision from the IOC, which, which is welcomed by us and by the athletes, is that you know, um, athletes and, and uh, national Olympic committees have regained an Olympic qualification quota base will retain that one despite the postponement. And that, and that was very important. And, I, and you know, hence the, the nuance of the 2020 games. It doesn't, doesn't, because it's still the 2020 games, it's going to be in 2021. And the other, obviously, any uh, athletes already selected to the Australian Olympic team will remain selected. Obviously, if they got sick or seriously injured and couldn't compete, then would there be a change then? But again, we've given the athletes and we've already picked some, uh, sorry, selected some uh, sailors, uh, uh, cyclists, uh, paddlers, um, and I think some archers and some other sports. I think today uh, we'll also be doing some shooters. We're, 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 we're proceeding um, as, as normal. You know? um, obviously, there will be delays for other, other sports where the qualification have been disrupted. And obviously, for our swimming and uh, track and field, 
um, they won't be uh, decided till next year when we can when we can hold the final trials for those events. And we've got some plans there. Should should be some of these restrictions still be about? Because I don't think uh, COVID nineteen when it sort of comes to an end, it's going to be a, it's going to be a different world uh, post COVID nineteen. Uh, one of the interesting consequences of the coronavi- uh, coronavirus restrictions has been the impact it may have had on anti-doping um, with the fact that the games are now scheduled 16 months from now instead of four months from now. Is there some uh, relief that regular anti-doping testing and uh, uh, countermeasures might be able to resume in time for the Olympics in 2021? Look, I think um, we've already been obviously in contact with the SADA, our, our drug testing agency, and we've noted the comments from WADA. Um, look, it's obviously difficult times for everyone to conduct their, their business or their, what they need to do, um, but uh, we've noted that they're, they're fully aware of what needs to be done and they're working on plans um, uh, to, to work through it all. So, look, um, I guess you could say the extra time, but you know the, the, the importance is to uh, protect clean athletes, and uh, I've got no doubt that ASADA and drug testing agencies around the world and WADA will be working flat out to do just that. So um, we're, we're confident that that will be done. Any of your rights-holding broadcasters in Australia uh, affected uh, in any way by the by the postponement? Well, Channel, Channel 7 uh, are the rights holders here for, for the uh, Olympic Games, um, and um, they welcomed the uh, postponement as well uh, for, for reasons, and they're, um, <coughs> they're advertisers, uh, which obviously support them, uh, are rolling over into next year. We're working with the broadcaster too to see what different things we can do during the course of this year as well um, with athletes um, in a couple of ways that, you know, they help the community um, uh, get through this um, very difficult time. Um, you know, to you know, give encouragement to them how you might stay fit and well um, during this difficult time, um, and you know, still continue to celebrate the importance of sport and the power of sport. So we're working with them. You know, because obviously people spending a lot of time at home, um, and how we can um, use our, say, use our athletes to uh, encourage and inspire our population, Australians, uh, during this time. So you know, they're they're fine, and, and next year, of course, there will be the games. Any hope for ABC Radio to? call events during the Olympics with this delay, or is that no longer operable option? Uh, look, uh, it hasn't, the ABC haven't said a complete no. Um, obviously, uh, with um, the, the postponement now, um, it gives a bit more time to think. Um, we, I'm hopeful I keep encouraging discussions between the right side, which is uh, Channel 7 and, uh, and the ABC. Um, I guess all I can say to that one is watch this space and we'll work as hard as we possibly can. And it's going to be very important for regional Australia, which is, you know, as you noted in the introduction, it's a big country, a lot of gaps between the big cities, um, and they depend, people in regional towns across Australia depend on the ABC to get their, their game. So I'm, I'm sort of hopeful that uh, the um, you know, out of this crisis, the ABC might say, you know what, we can do this. And what's been the impact of the countermeasures uh, against Corona on the work of the Australian Olympic Committee. You've uh, closed your offices. Is everybody working remotely now? Yes. Now look, everyone's working uh, from home, um, and uh, we're obviously using we use a, you know, Microsoft Teams to connect everyone up. Um, but what it's I actually made a comment um, to one of the senior managers only yesterday that 
we're being connected, like even though we're in the office, you'd often wander around during the course of the day and not necessarily talking to everyone, but because we're all making such an effort to ensure that everyone stays connected, um, it's been very important. I mean, I've had uh, a, uh, hosted a, a, a teleconference on Teams with our CEOs of all our, uh, our sports, not just the uh, summer sports, but also the winter sports, uh, so 44 of them, um, sometimes twice a week. Uh, just to keep informed of what we're doing, this is how we're doing things, this is the news from the IOC so they understand what's coming from there. Um, you know, uh, I get feedback from them about what their, in, uh, their international federations are saying. So that connectedness is, is, is very strong and it's working, working well. Um, I mean, humans are, are social, we're social animals. Um, we do like to see each other, um, but uh, considering the, the disjointedness, I think... Uh, we're, uh, we're managing quite well. And most importantly, giving we're also uh, hosting uh, on, on our, I think we use another platform, uh, Q&A sessions. Ian Chesterman, our chef de mission, and myself, we host a Q&A session with our athletes. We've hosted uh, two of those today. Got another one coming up uh, next week. So they'll be, I think we probably drop into a weekly format. And that just allows the athletes to be fully informed, to hear directly from our chef de mission, to hear directly from the CEO, and for us to take questions. And that takes out away some of the anxiety as well um, and you know, how they can get on with things. I mean, the best thing, of course, is if I could find a way for them to train, but that one's still a bit hard. There's been talk about a, a bid from Queensland for an Olympic Games. Uh, what is the status of that in the uh, aftermath of, uh, of the corona? Well, that the, the candidature for, for, for Southeast Queensland um, is still obviously being being worked on. Um, yeah, not not as publicly um, as you would during a situation crisis such as we have now. Um, but uh, but the uh, task force there is is um, is working their way through the, the master plan. But we've let that drop into the background. Obviously, it's more important. Um, you know, I think it's as uh, the, uh, the president of the IOC um, said in his uh, one of his. Um, comments that um, you know sports important but you know human lives uh, take precedence over everything so um, uh, we let those things drift into the background for the time being and uh, we'll um, you know, let that resurface once the, the, the crisis is over and like every other part of the world sport in general has been put on hold in Australia as it has been on every in every country uh, right now, the National Rugby League is on hiatus in Australia. There's no live sport on TV. How are you and, and, and other sports fans in Australia dealing with this drought in live sport, this total ending of, of, of sport? Yes, there's a lot of replays going on. Uh, Same here. <laughs> I'm from competitions in the past uh, a lot of uh, journalists are finding it difficult to find to ask any more questions because all the questions have been answered um, yeah no it really is difficult and that, that is um, causing uh, obviously financial stress to a lot of these businesses I know uh, Rugby Australia um, obviously very important to our men's and women's sevens team um, have announced a, a large loss from last year and, and this year there's no, no revenue at all coming in at the moment uh, because they're, um, the Super Rugby competition has been postponed and or delayed, and uh, the Test match season, which is where they get their, you know, internationals uh, from Ireland were coming, obviously not coming, so um, they're in, in severe uh, pain, financial pain, as is uh, the Football Federation of Australia, because the uh, local A-League had to be stopped early as well. So it is difficult, um, and it's difficult times for the employees and the players, because the players have all had to take um, 
uh, pay cuts as well as the professional players. So, um, again, you know, the sooner, sooner this is over, and we hope, you know, as I said, our prime minister said six months, and I think that's about all we could, all the economy could bear. Any lessons to learn from this crisis? Well, I guess it's going to be, as I said, when everyone's, if you sort of read the media, everyone's looking at what's it going to be like post-COVID-19, uh, and uh, I'd suggest the world won't might go through this again. So, um, uh, you know, sanitary, um, you know, protection from um, viruses in the future will be very, very important. I think obviously the pressure will come on the world, um, all the nations of the world, to ensure that everyone's up to, up to scratch to try and eliminate these things because it's just been disastrous. And we don't want the world to be shut down and segregated and closed borders all the time. So um, you know, hopefully, um, a bit like you know, after 9-11, uh, the world found a way to bring in security measures and p- to protect people. I'm sure the world, again, um, will, will um, be able to bring in measures to protect people as well. And uh, most importantly, I hope, so it's all done. And the games of 2020, when they start in July 2021, um, will be an opportunity for the world to reconnect and celebrate. And the calendar with Tokyo cleared from July and August this year, does it open up the possibility for Australia, for the Australian Olympic Committee to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Sydney 2000, which actually would be in uh, September? That's right. Well, we had that in planned anyway after the Games were finished to actually celebrate 20 years. Um, those plans are still in place, fortunately. A lot of it was digital, um, so that can go ahead regardless. And um, and with the same thing, a lot of our um, community engagement programs, where you know with uh, Olympics unleashed, we had Olympians going to classrooms um, on a regular basis to tell their story. Well, obviously, we can't do that at the moment. So we're working on digital ways of uh, of I mean, a lot of our schools are now operating remotely. You know, the kids are at home but um, attending class um, online. Um, about how we can uh, continue those those programs as well um, online, and we'll do the same with our celebrations. So if the if all the restrictions and uh, measures are finished, well, then we'll be able to do it uh, together. If we can't, we'll still do it um, digitally. So, no, no, we're certainly going to celebrate 20 years uh, since the Games. Well, Matt Carroll, CEO of uh, Australian Olympic Committee, good luck with everything and a pleasure talking to you by telephone here from, from Sydney. Thanks. Uh, no, absolutely. Uh, thanks, Ed. Yeah. I hope we get the chance to see each other again sometime in the near future. I'm sure we will, Ed, and uh, uh, stay safe and uh, stay well. And most importantly, stay in touch. We will. And we've been speaking with Matt Carroll, CEO of the Australian Olympic Committee. On this edition of Around the Rings Radio, I'm Ed Hula. For more than 25 years, your best source of news about the Olympics is aroundtherings.com.